You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. It is another day in which the Packers lose, and so we get another week of hearing people comment on Packers losing. I will say, um, I'm curious how this is going to go because some people were just perusing social media, encouraged by this game. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, people are encouraged or not. We do have several calls that were prior to the whole game starting and whatnot. Um, several, I guess, in fact, four, three, I don't know. doesn't matter. Let's find out. But this call is Sunday at 4.52 in the morning. So this is prior to the game. Changing, changing, clicking buttons, bing, bing, bing. Here we go. Play the call. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron. I'm going to admit, this call's probably going to make next to no sense. Great. Because I just woke up in the middle of the night and decided <laughs> to share my thoughts. Anyways, um, so I think I've kind of figured out what's going on with this season, like all around the NFL. All right. So you've talked repeatedly on your show about how design- By the way, I think it's hilarious that this dude woke up at 4, let's call it 4.30 in the morning with an epiphany, ran to his garage, jumps in his car, and calls the Packernet After Dark podcast. This is, this is, we've peaked. Close the witch. And, sorry, you know everything that's going on with her in town. Giselle's, right a, right Giselle's now, a witch, so he said. That explains how the Bucks are kind of doing really, really bad. Right. But you also got to look at the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles actually being pretty good. Which... Who are the two teams that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? <gasps> the Eagles and the Giants. And the Jets were kept down by Tom Brady for all those years. So maybe Giselle is, like, doing something to make the league just go crazy and, like, turn everything on its head. And then the stuff that's happening with the Packers. She wasn't happy that Aaron Rodgers went out and got his own witch of a girlfriend. Hmm. So she made the Packers suck, too. She's a more powerful witch than our because witch. The Bucks and the Packers, like, both equally suck. Yeah. So I feel like there's some, like, cohesion going on there, if you get what I'm saying. Yep. Do you think maybe she could be a plant? I mean, Giselle is, is obviously high up on the pecking order in terms of witches or, and whatnot. Do you think maybe she's, like, a lesser witch that was sent by Giselle, put a spell on him? Because let's be honest, Rogers is out there, but, like, falling in love with some... You know, with with her, feels unlikely. In a way, it feels entirely likely. But but also, I could see that just being a spell that was cast. You know what I mean? What is that movie? I think I've referenced it on the show before, but I, I really liked it. Where the the uh, the girls in school were all witches, and they could cast spells and stuff. And the one girl made a guy fall in love with her, and like he followed her around like a puppy and everything. It was pretty funny. It's a good movie. Uh, anyways. I wonder. I mean, I'm just playing off of your theory here, which makes 100% sense. As far as conspiracy theories go, this one is a little bit too on the nose to even be a conspiracy. We're borderline in the, we may just have to call this a fact 
category. And I, I just want to look into this a little bit. The Giants beat them in the Super Bowl and suddenly have found success, right? The Jets have been the whipping boy, an absolute joke for all these years. And now they rise through the ashes. The team that hates Tom Brady probably more than any other team. The Jets, the Eagles, beat them in the Super Bowl. Who else? Who else? You know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to keep digging because I don't want to disprove this because obviously it's true. Um, but I, I think you got something here, man. I think I figured it out. Anyways, I'm going to go back to that. <laughs> I, I figured I'd share that. Well, yeah, bye. Yeah, bye. Um, thank you for that call. And please, if you wake up in the middle of the night with any epiphanies, or, I mean, any epiphanies, because I know when you wake up, that's when, like, the most brilliant things come to mind. Movie ideas or, you know, whatever. Granted, usually after you kind of wake up, get a cup of coffee, you realize it's the dumbest crap I've ever I've ever thought of in my life, and I'm glad I didn't share that with anybody. But if you wouldn't mind sneaking it in here before you realize that so we can play it for everybody, that would be great. Now I need to go back to bed. All right. Oh, yeah. Daniel from California. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Daniel from California. Hi. I just listened to your Sunday morning podcast that you just put out. Okay. I think you're spot on about Rodgers and just everything because it's the same. Once he gets into this mode where he's just targeting guys, it's just it just doesn't work. But we we didn't even look at the grand scheme of if you zoom out, it's like yeah, targeting Devontae is part of it. Yeah, and he's made a living doing this this entire time. And the thing that scares me is he's bleeding into Jordan Love and Matt Lafleur. So look at last year against the Chiefs. We find out Wednesday that Rodgers isn't playing, and they already have the game plan made, and they proceed with the same game plan. What does it look like? They're running the Aaron Rodgers offense. The one read, and they, you know, they blitz seven, eight guys every play, and man beaters are, you know, crossing routes and, you know, double move routes and all that stuff that are just, you know, all right, quick, do it, go, but... What were we doing? We were doing fades. We were doing um, go routes. Like, and a go route is a you know is a man beater when you have time. But when you don't have time, you have to be doing slants. You have to be doing you know mesh routes. You got to be doing crossing routes. And my biggest fear is that Aaron Rodgers' offense might have might break Matt Lafleur. I'm just hoping that we can start seeing some of the Shanahan stuff because the games we won without Devontae. That that was when we saw the embrace of the offense because you had Aaron Jones getting the ball in multiple routes and you have receivers across the middle getting their their you know one to three catches a game you know just enough to move the sticks man and I'm just worried about because we saw the same thing with the Chiefs the Chiefs got exposed because they couldn't just throw it up deep anymore because everybody was running the two four combo shell mm-hmm. and they had to you know change and drive the ball down the field with consistency and they were able to make the change it's just you know Rodgers has made a living doing this so I don't know if he can and this season if we get anything more than what we've gotten I'll be happy but I just don't think we're going to I don't think he has it in him because just like the what we've been seeing the mindset is these 11 guys aren't doing what they're doing I just hope that the whole Jordan Love thing because he's a good kid, you know, and I hope he doesn't get these bad habits because you just see it. It's the same thing that we see from Rodgers. Anyways, those are my thoughts. Go back, go. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I again, I want to go back and watch those games. I probably won't, but I, I want to, just like I want to read a bunch of books. But I, I won't. I'm just telling you I want to. Um, but I'm just, just out of curiosity because I'm I'm curious how all those things happened, and I'm also curious to go back last year and see is this a thing that happened in years? Print how far back does this go? If you don't know what he's talking about on Sunday morning's podcast, I kind of went through and looked at, at Aaron Rodgers and some of the stuff that other people were saying about him, and the fact that it just to me made a lot of sense that it seems like Rodgers is still playing and maybe has played for a long time as a guy that just likes to force-feed his star receivers. 
Um, and that's been an over-reliance on his part, and he's struggling to kind of get away from that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long he's been doing that. I'm not positive that's still what's going on, but that's the thing that makes the absolute most sense to me. Um, we're designing plays that are meant to be one-read plays. We're, we're throwing to the wrong side of the field because you just – he. which, I mean, the good news in that example I gave or, or that they gave on the Athletic Football Show about the Jets is although he threw to the wrong person, and it, from an Aaron Rodgers standpoint, it was pretty putrid, the good news – is that apparently his dude that just is going to beat people is Dobbs. And we we confirmed that this week when he's throwing up the ball to Dobbs consistently and was rewarded a couple times. There was the deep shot that he underthrew Dobbs, um, but he still, he still truck, chucked it down there, technically in double coverage. Um, but here, here's my thought. And again, it's going to, well, not again. I said it already, but you won't hear it until tomorrow. The thing that's breaking my heart is what I want the Packers to do is to be more like the Bears. The Bears are really getting into a rhythm offensively, and we are very similar to the Bears. I mean, from the offensive line issues and the constant pressure to the lack of wide receiver weapons to the fact that we're running the ball unbelievably well, just dominating on the ground. I mean, everything is is kind of down to the line similar. And so the Bears embrace the run. They run, 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 run. And when you get into a situation where no matter what we do, they're still able to run the ball, then they start running a ton of misdirection. They run a ton of play action. They've got guys going a different direction. They're, they're, they're really, without any one guy really just dominating. I mean, you know, Justin Fields, Bears fans are saying he's looking great, and, and to an extent he is, but he's not doing anything special. He's not. Um he had his highest passing grade of the year this year. You know what it was? A 63.5. He's never made one, more than one big-time throw in a game. Not once this year. He's thrown more than 200 yards once in a game. I mean, I, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about how great Justin Fields' stats were at, at the start of the half. He had thrown for, I think, 48 yards, 49 yards. It was sub-50. And they were talking about how great he's looking in the first half. And, you know, the, the numbers are fine, but the point is they don't ask him to do very much. And then when he has to step up and do something, it's not that hard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's doing fine. And he, he's fitting into that offense perfectly, but that's what we need right now is, and, and as I just put on Twitter a minute ago, we took the first step in acknowledging that running the ball is, is the, the core of what we need to do. Now, we can't proceed if we can't pass, but we can't run, 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 and then spread it out and try to attack down the field. Like, that's not, that's not complimentary football, right? What's going to crush them is when they think you're running, and then you don't, but what are you doing, right? Not only that, not only are they biting on the play action, but you got guys coming across the formation this way. You got Rodgers rolling out that way. You got that, 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 and somebody ends up coming wide open, and the defense is going, dude, I what was I supposed to do? That's the kind of stuff where you look at, you know, we're always looking for superstars on offense or defense, but there's a way for play callers to be superstars, and that's that's when that happens. And right now, Luke Getze with the Chicago Bears is looking like their biggest superstar because you got Dallas's defense, which was one of the top defenses in football, playing the Bears going, dude, I, I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, I, I'm, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. I, I can't defend this. If they can do that, so can we, and I think we need to. We need to stop playing superstar ball. We don't have superstars. Hey, Ryan, it's Cole from Illinois. Hey. Um, it is uh, 5.57 Packer time. All right. So to translate, that's an hour 25 till game time. All right. Um, I don't know, man. I Maybe it's because I'm wearing my Randall Cobb jersey. Um, and uh, maybe it's just because I'm delusional. But I, I am feeling surprisingly... More confident than I should tonight. I think, by the way, first of all, you're clearly not alone in this. I, I kept hearing this, and I, I kept trying to caution people about doing this because it's it's we should be able to come into this game with low expectations and 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 react accordingly, feeling optimistic about these things and those things or whatever. And I think too many people convince themselves that we we're actually going to have a good game, we're actually going to win the game, whatever, and so. And I, I can't necessarily speak for you, but I think a lot of people, because they gave themselves false hope, 
are then acting as though we lost a game we shouldn't have lost, when in reality, no, we lost a game that we were always supposed to lose. I don't know. I just feel like this team is so under the wire, and it's finally an underdog, so we'll be able to see what they look like when they're not expected to win and see how they battle from that. Um, I, I definitely think the pieces are there. Um, I think it will make it work. Um, regarding Aaron Rodgers, um, I don't know. I feel like last year, um, last year's playoff game that we lost against the Niners, what was the whole problem that we lost? Aaron Rodgers kept force feeding Devontae Adams. Um, and I was like, oh boy, well, that's, that's really rough. And that was the game that I was really like, oh God, we got to get rid of Devontae Adams. Well, we don't have to. I mean, obviously now I prefer him to be here, but I was like, we got to get rid of this guy so he doesn't have to force feed it. And I just, hearing that podcast, from I think it was today's podcast. Just hearing the X's and O's analysis that Aaron Rodgers is just literally not going through reads like any other quarterback. That's just embarrassing. That and it really is. Um I hope he steps it up tonight, but I really doubt it. I think our defense is just gonna hold ridiculously strong. That that's my prediction. Um and if we get obliterated, then that's on me. I'm sorry, I said that. You can bleep that out in, in the post, right? Yeah, I'll so, figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I'll call again after game time to let you know my thoughts. And, uh, yeah, go back. Yeah, I mean, I, I will be interested to hear your thoughts because, I mean, depending on what your expectations were, right? You know, I saw a guy on Twitter, like, saying he was close, but, you know, he said the Bills would get more and the Packers would get less. So my I didn't engage with him because I who knows where – engagement on Twitter goes these days it goes south real fast but by what I wanted to ask is so they did better than you thought they would right again not meaning to be in a jerky way but I assume that's how it would be taken and then it would be an hour-long fight because I have no ability to disengage but the point is depending on what your expectations were and I I kept getting asked my score prediction by my son and I didn't I kept telling him I have to look at it because obviously I can't just do something off the top of my head but my the top of my head was kind of what the score was we score in the teens, they score high 20s. Um, probably would have said something closer to like 29-13. But um, yeah, I, I guess I'll be interested to hear your perspective when you call back, and it looks like you did, so I appreciate that. Uh, next call is at 8.09 p.m., so just prior to kickoff, we get one more call. Hey, y'all, this is Dakota, that nerd from Tennessee. What up, nerd? Um yeah, it's it's barely into the second quarter. Second and, quarter. Um, oh, it started at seven twenty. I'm an idiot. Not eight o'clock. This is unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I know the Bills are a good team, but shoot, we fell apart. Now, poor Christian Watson, that dude got knocked out the first play yep. after two games gone. Yep. Man ends up getting a concussion. I hope the best for him. I really yeah. hope he gets his, you know, uh, chance. Sooner rather than later. Um, that's, that's bad for him. And then, of course, we hear John Kuhn report that Stokes has pulled out the game. And uh, See, I didn't even hear that. I found that out later. I was flipping through Twitter, and they were like, oh, yeah, he got pulled, and they, they didn't know why. And then Razul gave up a touchdown. They're like, all right, Stokes, I guess you're back in. Not, you know, because it's just it's such an embarrassing thing. At one point, Aaron Rodgers, the only throw he has that's more than negative one, literally negative one yards is a stat that Rob Tomovsky tweeted out. Block me so I can't see it. The only throw he has for more than negative one yards from the line of scrimmage is to Romeo Dobbs, who had three people covering him. <laughs> this man was hiding under a blanket. He was covered so well. It was it was it was a bad choice to throw that ball there. Um, but yeah, I'm already on ten. Usually I'm more chill, you know. I just sit back and be like, hey, you know, I got a beautiful son, gorgeous fiance. I'm a happy person. But then I'm watching the Packers play. But in the game, it's it's a whole nother thing. I'm saying things that I don't mean. Yeah, man. Mm. Anyway, I'm gonna watch the rest of this mess. I might come back. Uh, you know, peace. It's interesting because you would think it's only downhill from here, but they're the signs of hope. I forgot how bad the offense looked in the beginning compared to later on. I mean, we, we dragged the defense for 
given up those 21 points. But yeah, it was it was brutal for a while there. And then, you know, you start to see a little bit of signs of life here. But anyways, let's see. Uh, we're up to 8.44 p.m., so we're still during the game. Hey, what's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. What's going on, man? Uh, just calling. Um, I was on call before the game, but didn't get an opportunity. But I was going to say two things. One... Keep doing the podcast. You do a great job. Thank you. I, I laugh even in this turmoil that we're going through. Uh, the second is this. It was a question you talked about on a previous show about what's the purpose of like watching a team when your team's bad. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of what you said, and I wanted to add on to it. It's basically you look at the players for the future. Yeah. So um, in the before the game started, I was excited because I was like, well, Christian Watson's going to have to play. Like, right. They don't have no wide receivers. He's going to get a whole bunch of playing time, and we'll finally get to see what he does. And then he got hurt. So I was like, ugh. But, you know, we get to see Dobbs. We get to see Tom. He's not very doing a good job at guard um, right now, but he's going against the beast D-line. So. I was actually surprised to find out when I looked at PFF. They said Zach Tom, he struggled early but really picked it up after like the first, I think they said the first drive, which seems impossible because I'm pretty sure he was getting beat up on for longer than that, but maybe not. I don't know. But um, yeah, they, they seem to actually think he did a really good job as the night progressed. Cut us some slack from people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's probably more of a tackle, <clears throat> but you get the excited to watch the younger players and teams you're going to build for the future. I don't mean to take away from your main point, but back on the Zach Tom thing, I think that's also a really good point. Because the biggest thing with him is that he's kind of small. So putting him inside and having to deal more with strength as opposed to utilizing, you know, not just the strength but the athleticism aspect uh, probably detracts from what he does best. But, no, no, I, I, I think I think a lot of people can agree with that, even though people like me don't necessarily want to admit that, um, you know, my biggest excitement coming into this game is is like it's a preseason game. Like I can't wait to see – Christian Watson, which really was probably my biggest excitement. So when he got hurt, it was like, well, this whole day's ruined. Um, but yeah, you get to see more of Romeo Dobbs. Samori Ture was exciting. Uh, he got his one catch of the day for a huge touchdown. Uh, Zach Tom is exciting. I mean, I, I still want to see more Devontae Wyatt. Um, Kingsley, I'm super stoked about. I'm glad that he's getting more opportunities. So yeah, I I agree. that That is kind of a big thing for me is... Um, watching i mean in a way it's almost like the draft continued you know like the draft is its own game and the game game is its own game and so you know we play this draft game and we got our picks and we want to know how our picks are doing and we want to know that they're really good and that we're drafting really well and it kind of ties in together because it's also the future but it's also kind of like i just want to know that our young guys are like studs and i'm hoping that that's what happens it's like a game within a game you know like if Devonte wyatt's a stud like boom son 10 points packers First round draft pick gets a sack. I don't know. I'm stupid. That's basically all we watching. So I knew we were gonna lose the game, even though it's halftime right now. But I'm like looking to say who. I'm I'm mad they don't have uh, Toure in there though. Like we're deep, we're so thin at wide receiver, we need some speed. This is the perfect opportunity to let Toure play. It ain't like you know he's gonna lose the game for us. We're already losing. So I, I feel like man, if if we if we down by 28, then you go ahead and put Joe Love in. Just let him get some playing time for real. Like, you know, it's no point in risking Rodgers. I don't know what they're going to do. But just be happy. That was the one negative of actually kind of giving us hope, aside from the fact where it gave us hope and people like me who had no expectations started suddenly getting expectations. Um, but the only other negative of giving the illusion of maybe us having a chance is that we didn't get to see Jordan Love, which, again, I still stand here and say it's going to be a disaster. The first time we see Love, it's going to be a complete disaster, and everybody's going to be really upset, aside from the people that obviously have been screaming that they hate Jordan Love and don't want him to play. They're going to have a field day. It's going to be the best game that they've seen all year. Um, but, yeah, that would be the... The only guy that we really wanted to see. By the way, Samore, you're going to get your wish here pretty soon. You watch younger players, build for the future. Uh, none of the safeties are doing anything, so I definitely feel like uh, that's something we're probably going to need to draft. I mean, I know Amos was going to go, but we might want to draft two of them, have some competition. Um, and for whatever reason, Walker wanted to push somebody and get ejected. That really hurt us bad. But either way, uh, you know, go pack, go. 
just enjoy watching younger players build around, and we'll just see what happens. So everybody keep it safe, keep enjoying stuff. Um, also, I think we need to get back to a little conversation maybe about, like, movies and shows and food to cheer people up. Yeah, man. So, you know, you know I'm watching the boys and watching other stuff. But uh, just get some good recommendations of something you've seen as well that everybody should watch. All right, thanks. Bye. Well, I was hoping this wasn't going to come up, but I did lie to you. Um, I told you that I would watch three episodes. I watched about five minutes, ten minutes of the first episode, and I turned it off and I said, I'm not doing this, dude. Um, I, uh, I, I'm guessing you know the scene I'm talking about, but one dude ripped another dude in half in a very creative way that I'm comfortable saying has never happened on television and will never happen on television ever again. Um, I, I can't, man. I, I just, I just can't. So I will not be watching the boys. Um, I've been grinding on YouTube a little bit. Just, you know, one of those things where you, you kind of start to get stressed out and, you know, you kind of just go on this little YouTube rabbit hole. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm in a minor way starting to get pulled back into political stuff. I need to stop because that's not going to end well. But, you know, with, with all the stuff going on, it's mostly just because I'm hearing it and I'm like, is it really that bad? And then I, I like, I, I legitimately don't know. I'm seeing stuff on Twitter about how, like, things are about to collapse. And, and then I'm like, yeah, but that's always what people say, you know? So is this, is it, am I going to be an idiot that gets pulled in and was like, oh my, it's really serious. And then I'm going to find out later that, no, it wasn't. You're an idiot. And you bought into that same garbage hype again. Because it's election time and people want you to believe that the world's going to end. Because it's always going to end when the elections happen. But then it's like, oh, uh, highest inflation rate in Europe ever. Highest in Italy in 40 years. Highest here. Then the Fed rate's going to increase. And oh, by the way, the, something's going to... Again, I'm, I, I know I sound like an idiot because I don't know. But I, there's something about what Putin's going to cut off oil supply in winter. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like, do I, do I dare? Do I dare? Because they're not going to tell me the truth anyways. I mean, they're, they're going to give me their opinion, which is that the world's going to end, but why do I need to hear that? But then I also feel like an idiot for not listening to it, you know? Like, why would, why would you not want to know what the heck is going on out there? I will say, though, that I, I heard one of the guys say, what, are you, you know, what about Putin using a nuclear weapon? Do you think that's going to happen? He said, I think it's entirely possible. I'm like, all right, I'm done. This is stupid. I don't know, maybe. All, all I can say is if, if we're going to do it, let's do it right, okay? Let's everybody push the button at the same time and let's just let's do a hard reboot because this is getting stupid. Sorry, is that dark? Anyways, so YouTube is there and it's a dangerous thing. I spend a lot of time uh, either doing music or watching uh, videos on how to play StarCraft like a person that doesn't suck because I'm trying to do that. But at the same time, I'm kind of getting tired of playing StarCraft, which sucks because then it's like, well, now I don't have anything to do because I don't really feel like playing it anymore. I am kind of like an old man. I've been playing a lot of free cell, like my grandparents used to do all the time. I'm into it. I don't know. I used to hate free cell because like, this is so hard. Now it's like, it ain't that hard. I would crush free cell, bro. Um, stupid stuff like Mr. Beast. As far as TV, um, I'm almost done with Monk, but I don't really watch much TV until bedtime. And usually my wife and I watch stuff and she's not into Monk. So like, I'll get in there and I'll real quick try to watch like 10 minutes of Monk before she shows up. And then we switch over to... We're, we were watching Lost, we finished Lost, and now we went back to Married at First Sight, which gets to be a little bit old after a while. And we watched like two seasons in a row, and we're like, all right, I can't do another season. This is get, It gets so repetitive, and I don't want to have to learn new people. But we gave it another shot, and it is starting to get old, but it's almost done. And uh, it's, it's a fun show for us to watch because the people are crazy, and crazy is always funny. But also just as like, you know, veteran married people, kind of just sit back and go, you stupid jerk. But also listening to the guys talk and being like, dude, I used to be that guy for sure. Like, that guy's crazy, and I'm so glad I was never on this show because I would have been that guy. A hundred percent. Like, just would never let anything go. Like, no, you're wrong, and we're going to stick on this until you admit you're wrong. And then my wife would cry, and I'm like, dude, why are you crying? It doesn't even make sense. Like, I'm just trying to hammer out the logistics of the conversation here. Like, I just want to make sure that we're talking about the same things, and you're, like, jumping around like you said one thing and now you're saying another thing and we know we, we need to stay stick here where the truth is and now you're crying like why are you crying I, I didn't even compute like why would you cry that doesn't even make sense we're not even doing anything we're just having a conversation here 
Oh, silly me. Same with the women, too. It's like, I remember when my wife used to do that stuff. I'm so glad she doesn't do that anymore. But I don't tell her she used to do that stuff. You know why? Because I've been married long enough to know, you know, just don't go there. If she remembers it, great. Be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was funny. You're not like that, though. No, you're perfect. But if she doesn't bring it up, don't bring it up. Because stuff can spiral so fast. And so what we both learned, marriage tip, just don't go there. Don't go where? Just don't go anywhere. Every conversation is a landmine. So just don't. (laughs) You know how quickly that could blow up in your face? I remember when you used to be like that. What do you mean? You're dead. It's over. You just lost. You're dead. Just your your whole night is ruined because you had to say that. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't go there. Ah, but it's fun. I'm actually trying to figure out. I I I watched. Um, was it Rings of Power? Because I was watching Lord of the Rings, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh yeah, do you know there's a TV show that just kind of fired up?" I'm like, "That's great." But I watched I think two or three episodes, and then I went. It feels like a month without watching an episode, and then I watched one more episode. So I'm kind of confused and disjointed at this point. So I don't have much, man. I'm 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 in need of a thing. But anyways, I'm, I've been rambling about non-packers long enough. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. Uh, Nate, what's going on, man? Hey, Pat Daddy, it's Nate. Um, just wanted to call in and uh, just kind of give a couple thoughts here as the game is happening. I know a lot of people are going to be pissed at uh, Quay for shoving the coach, but uh, I guess I'll press it with obviously you shouldn't have done it. That's a free 15 yards um, for the other team. You're not helping your team out. But I am happy to see some kind of emotion from this team. Right. A little bit of violence, you know. We it's we don't we don't play very violently. I agree. I mean, they they need to learn how to use it correctly, and and they did in this game for the most part, especially Jair. That dude, I loved everything about what he did, because not only is he a violent player, he is a he is a premier trash talker, and he does it in a way where he actually controls his emotions. Like he's one of those crazy guys that has the ability to really get in the midst of this, but be in control of himself so that the other guy's the one that cracked. You know, he'll make a play and he'll stand over a guy and like sheath his sword. And then and then as soon as the other guy starts getting in his face and, and puts his hands on him, he turns and throws his hands up like, whoa, 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 look at this guy. What's up with that? Jair, Jair is, is, he gets it. But we've seen now a couple times, Stokes hits a guy laid out of bounds. Quay hits a guy late. And again, I'm, I'm all for it. I want to see the violence and the aggression and all that, but um, we're, we're not doing it right. And instead, it's like, well, I suck at hitting the guys on the field, so I'm going to take it out on some dude in a sweatshirt on the sideline. Like, come on, man. We don't ever show that much emotion as a team. I'm sorry. It's kind of nice to see that he has the ability to get a little pissed off. Be a little- and, and the fact, I mean, it, you know, it's maybe not exactly the right emotion, but the fact that he was crying afterwards in the locker room, because it just means so much to him. You know, the last thing you want is apathy. A guy that's just kind of shrugs and is like, eh, I don't care. You know, DJ Moore. And, and, and you know, I, again, I, I don't want to trash DJ Moore. He did a great thing, and he showed tons of emotion. But after the fact, when he got penalized, he's sitting on the sideline shrugging and smiling. I don't know. I, I, that might tick me off a little bit. Maybe it's a bad example, but you get what I'm saying, right? Just, just having this feeling of, eh, I don't really care. It means a lot to him. You know, and, and you can see the frustration when he makes a play, a, a bad play. He wants desperately to be a great football player for this team. He wants to be violent. He wants to be physical. And this means a ton to him. And it it bleeds through. We need the play to increase for sure. Play better. But um, the intentions are in the right place. And, and that gives you hope that he'll get there. We know he has the physical intangibles. It's just a matter of, is he going to do the work to get there? And, 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 and as you said, the passion is important. It's, it, it, just, it tells me that he, he's, he's going to be a guy that wants it bad enough to be able to drive himself to get to where he needs to be. A little bit of an um, It's not what everybody wants to see all the time. And yeah, he hurt his team. But at least he's showing some emotion. All right, so let's just cut him some slack. I guarantee the Bills are saying stuff on the sidelines. Do you know who that team is? They are the biggest trash talkers probably in the NFL. I guarantee you, it wasn't for nothing. I can promise you that. Uh, and then also, a uh, quick shout-out to the Sunshine and Rainbows crew, as I usually have to do. Uh, I told you so. Uh, sorry about the bleep pack, Daddy, but I just had to do it. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, 
And, and again, I, I feel like most people understood we were going to lose this. And so there shouldn't even be a need for an I told you so, because I would assume most people are like, nah, I kind of knew. But again, for some reason, people wanted to convince themselves. And it's like, don't just, just don't do that to yourselves. It's not for me. I don't, you know, whatever. I'm fine. I understand the situation, but this is going to be a painful season. Don't make it harder on yourself by, by thinking we're going to win against the Buffalo Bills. You know what I mean? Don't do that. I, I, I don't know. And I get the urge of, of throwing it back in people's faces. I'm trying not to do that because I don't want people to do that to me. I don't want it to be about that. I'm just trying to understand things as best as I can. And I, and I have to assume, although I know this isn't true in all cases, that the quote-unquote sunshine and rainbow people maybe have a different disposition, but they're also trying to do the same thing. Um, I mean, just if for no other reason, I was sunshine and rainbows prior to the season, and now I got Bears fans pulling up my receipts and throwing it in my face. And I can't really say anything about it because they're right. I said we were going to have a better team. We were going to win the division. We're, we're for sure going to the playoffs. You know, 80% we win the division. And then it's just a matter of whether or not we fall off or not. But, but the offense will be fine. I mean, it, it might have some, some hurdles, but it might also improve. I mean, I'm, I, I was that guy. So I'm not sunshine and rainbows now, but here, here's, here's sort of the thing. Everybody's coming over to the dark side. It's just a timeline of when you came over. And so, again, I, I, Nate, you do, do what you got to do. I'm, it's whatever. This is your platform. You say what you got to say. I, my thought on it is we all, for the most part, not everybody, a lot of us, but it's still a timeline. Extend the timeline back into last year. At some point, you crossed over the line into, I think this team is going to struggle. Maybe it was at the end of last year when we started losing. Maybe it was after we got knocked out of the playoffs. Maybe it was after you realized Devontae wasn't coming back. Maybe it was the Jair comments. Maybe it was after week one. I don't know when it was, but at some point, you had a flip that went off in your brain that said, I'm going to go to the other side that says, I don't think we come back from this. Everybody crossed that line. I don't know where mine was, um, it was, I mean, it was earlier in the season. I know it wasn't after week one, roughly what week three, week four. Actually, I did an, a podcast episode called I'm I've, I've given up on this team or something. So I, I guess that would be a good, <laughs> good place to explore, but presumably they're going to come over too. And you're going to have a couple stragglers that are never going to come over officially, but unofficially, I think most of the quote unquote sunshine and rainbows people, they're already on this side. They understand the reality. They just can't get themselves to say it publicly on social media because they're positive people and they feel like they're not being good fans. I, I don't agree with that. None of us do. That's why we're over here. We're all still fans. We're just on this side that says this team sucks. They're not going to get better. I don't know why, but they need to figure it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully maybe next year, this, that, or the other. I don't know. But from my perspective, I want to give people the opportunity to walk very comfortably over to this side and just be like, Matt, dang it. You guys, you guys are right. And like, yeah, it's all right, man. We all been there. But I know a lot of you are doing some pretty intense battle online. So this is a good public place to stand up triumphant and just flip the double bird to a group of very nice people. <laughs> oh, I thought it, it was a funny visual for me. You were literally up on a mountaintop, you know, just, just, you know, when you put a lot of oomph into those. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Uh, we're almost 40 minutes into this, so why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll come back and try to rip through as many of these as we possibly can. We may not get to the very end. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, Cole, JJ, Omar, kind of at the tail end of that. Hopefully we'll get to yours, but I can't promise anything. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you would like to support this very podcast. Please consider supporting Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. It is my uh, father... I should, I should say my father and mother's uh, ministry. It's my dad's vision. But of course, he has an extremely supportive wife that has um, gone along with this since day one and has done untold amounts of uh, work on her own to get things to where they are. So it is my parents' ministry. And again, the intent, generally, vaguely, broadly speaking, is to find people at their lowest, to pull them away, all the way out of their issues to give them a place to live, food to eat, and, uh, and work to do. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing. You know, it's not just a rehab center where you come here and then you, you learn to get away from drugs and then you go back to your normal life. This is for people willing to genuinely and radically transform their life who recognize that the way that I'm going isn't working and I need to transform everything about my life. 
And there are a lot of people willing to do that if somebody will simply say, I will help you. Because rock bottom is brutal. And there are so many people that uh, they don't see anywhere else to go. They just know they can't go back and unfortunately make decisions assuming there's nowhere else to go. So anyways, there is an option. And I'm very happy that uh, my dad and stepmom have been able to, to create this. And I'm excited for the future. And anything you can do, whether that be financial support, prayer, talking to your local church, talking to people you know that would be interested, or just spreading the word generally, uh, you can find more information at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Ryan, it's Britt from Merrimack. Hey. Just got done watching the game. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit impressed because they didn't get blown out like I thought they would. Like I thought they would is an important caveat because I think 10 points is, we're bordering on blowout, but yeah, I get it. I thought for sure the Bills would drop a 50-burger on them. Yeah. I got two picks. Don't know if that was the defense actually playing good. Or Josh Allen was just being careless with the ball, kind of leaning toward more towards that. Uh, the OPI, um, Robert Tunyon was absolute garbage. Like, come on, the guy's half the size. Of course, if he does any kind of move, he's going to fall down. Well, that's where, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of see both sides in terms of I, I think it was the right call, but I also am looking at it going, I don't know what he's supposed to do. You know, if it's inside of five yards, which I believe it was, he's allowed to put his hands on the guy. Fine. But does that mean we're not allowed to do anything about that? Like, you kind of just have to suck it up and deal with it? Because, in my opinion, if we want to play this inside of five yards thing, fine. Inside of five yards, he can get all grabby-pushy, and so can we. Right? Why Why is it a different thing? And and I understand, well, he pushed him to the ground. Well, I don't think the intent was to make him fall on his face. Like you said, he's he's a big, giant tight end up against a tiny guy. The fact of the matter is, the defender had two hands on Tunyon to not let him move. He puts his right hand under the guy's right armpit and pushes 
and then goes under his arm. It's almost like a pass rush move because he's trying to break to the outside. So it's simultaneously get the heck off of me because I'm breaking, well, that and making a move to the outside. So I, I know that there is a fine line between, you know, for example, if you push a guy to get separation, that's pass interference. But what about if you use just like you're not using your hands, but you move, use like a swim move to simultaneously get their hand. You know, if you're using your left hand and you put it under their left arm, so you're reaching across their body under their arm and do a swim move. I'm just trying to get a picture of this now as a way of breaking their arm off of you as well as breaking to the outside. I don't think that's pass interference. What if they fall down while you do that? I'm just asking. I don't know the nuances of the rule, and, I, and, and I, what I'm saying is I probably, as is the case with most rules, there's so much gray area and nuance that it's hard to get everything exactly right, which is why I'm inclined to just kind of leave this alone and, and just understand from the ref standpoint. Tanyan clearly put his hands on the guy. That guy ended up on his face, and then he was wide open for a touchdown. I mean, it feels, sounds, sure as heck, sounds blatant. Oh, we got PFF grades here. Rodgers with the highest grade. Nice. Then Bakhtiari, and then Aaron Jones, obviously. And actually, a couple decent grades here. Dylan Dobbs, Zach Tom, and Tyler Davis. Defense, Jair, number one with an elite grade. TJ Slayton, love it. Quay Walker, awesome, considering he's been on fire the last couple weeks. Jeremy, I don't know why I'm reading this to you. It just it dawned on me, and so I want to go through it, because tomorrow I'm not going to have any PFF grades for you. So here you go. Uh, then Jaron Reed, Kobe Jones, actually, on his seven snaps. Uh, Devontae Wyatt with a 69.6 overall grade. That's two weeks in a row that he's been graded out pretty well. And also two weeks in a row that he's been getting more uh, he's more snaps, double digits. And Eric Stokes with a basically a 70. Uh, anyways, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> no, I, I yeah, the, the uh, I don't want to dig in too hard on that because number one, as we all know, and, and well, I guess we shouldn't say we all know, maybe that changes the game enough where maybe we come back and all that stuff. And and wiping out a touchdown is is probably worth digging your heels in, whether you win, lose, or draw. But I, I just I don't know. I, I I can't I can't do it because it, to me it if it doesn't fit the criteria, it sure is close. And what we're talking about is making minor tweaks where technically he did this, but he didn't really do this, and so it's like I don't know. It's just it's just kind of ticky tack for me to really dig in my heels on that. You know, if the Packers do that. It's a tie game, and if they make that last field goal, it's a tie game. But at least they showed some fight towards the end, which yep. I was surprised. Probably I the guess there's improvement on that. Most important part. Big strides for Romeo Dobbs tonight. Yep. I keep feeding that man the ball and Aaron Jones. This is what happens when you run the ball. You can. We're right. We've been saying that for how long? By the way, we've had somebody wake up at four o'clock in the morning and rushed to their car because they had a thought. And now sounds like Brit's having a rough day. I don't know if it's you losing your voice from screaming so much or if you're sick or what, but appreciate you fighting through it. Because this right here, this is what matters. Take your deep shots to Dobbs and Samari Tori, who just burned that DB back there. They need to get him in the game, get him some more reps. I mean, look, again, it's just one play. But the fact that clearly the intelligence factor is the, the hardest thing to acquire. And again, it's, it's one play, whatever, but there, the, even within making the right decision, there's nuance, right? What do you do? So you see the DB over there, so you don't keep running at him. You can look at that and say, well, that's obvious. Okay, well, what do you do? Do you stop? Do you take a hard right turn like you run straight to the sideline? Do you curl back to the outside? And, you know, what What about the angle? What about the speed? All that. We've seen many times where guys are making decisions and, you know, Rodgers doesn't exactly throw it because they're still not doing it right. But for Rodgers to go up and be like, that's exactly, exactly what I've been waiting for and asking for and begging for this whole time. I, I guess what I'm getting at is maybe he gets it. And that's that's an important piece, even if he's not... You know, I don't know a lot of people would argue with it, but just let's just say for argument's sake, he's not the most talented route runner or or any of that stuff. Not the greatest athlete. You can be a really good wide receiver just by being the smartest guy on the field, especially in a scheme-based offense. If you know where to be, if you understand, you know, the the leverage, if you understand just based on where guys are, where I should be, 
and what the quarterback wants you to do, you can find ways to get open a lot. And you're going to you're going to waste a lot of time out there and certain routes and, you know, man coverage you might struggle with or certain things where it's like I, I you're not going to be able to get open, but there's opportunities like that where as long as you know what you're supposed to do, it's going to be a big play. Just a thought, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I really got. Offensive line looked really rough again today. Um, I know it's a new lineup and everything, but I would rather see that lineup be rough than Royce Newman in there <laughs> than be rough because it's such a mean thing to say, but it's funny. Uh, the reason I laugh primarily is because I know for a fact that ninety percent of Packer fans agree with you right now, and I maybe am one of them. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, it's just. It's like, listen, I know it was rough, but we ain't going back. Like, I'm I'm just happy Royce isn't out there. And that's terrible, and that's not fair, and that's not nice. But it's, I'm just saying, I think we're all kind of with you on that. Royce Newsman is, just needs to be gone. Um, yeah. I guess in some ways it's a small victory that they only held the bill to 27 points, and really they only held them to three points in the second half, so... Kudos to them. Um, hopefully, we can figure things out against Lions next week. Um, yeah, we'll just wait to hear what you have to say. Uh, go, Pat, go. Yeah, that's about it. I kind of did the whole commenting during the call thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's up to you how you want to handle it. You can you can look at the the positives or you can look at the negatives. I think the biggest thing though is if you focus on the positives. How much of the positives are changes in the in the trajectory of the team? In other words, we, we haven't been doing this, and now we're doing this, and what does that mean going forward? How many of those are, are like really big ones? I guess it depends what you took away from that game. If you think that it was a much cleaner game, then that would be one of the big ones. Uh, Rodgers graded out really well, so you could say that again. My concern isn't so much his play as the way we play, so I don't take that as that big of a thing. But maybe, right? Because kind of getting off in the weeds here, but as far as my Rodgers theory goes, we got a couple ways we can go about this. Number one, we start playing offense the right way. Or number two, we keep doing the way we're doing and just hope that a Devontae emerges. And, uh, I mean, Romeo Dobbs, he's not Devontae, but he rewarded Rodgers for just throwing it up to him. So there you go. All right, Ryan. Hey. Brian from Connecticut. What up? I have no voice. Been yelling, screaming at the TV. You guys do coordinate you, these calls. For some reason, I am encouraged after this. There you go. Just the the fight, the heart, the tenacity. There's still a million things to work on. They can't block. They can't keep Rogers clean in the pocket. But um, I don't know. Something about this seemed different. Um, and although it definitely was not perfect, uh, who knows what's going to happen with all these injuries. But uh, I have to say, um, you know, playing Detroit next week, uh, the schedule going forward, the NFC sucks. I, I think the Packers can make a run. Uh, Super Bowl, probably not. But, um, you know, they're not going to give up with Rodgers here. So, uh, I mean, they're not going to go to love. So, uh, I'm encouraged. Um, thanks. So I have a question about that in general, because there's a lot of people talking about the fight in the fourth quarter, and that was kind of my thing. But in the podcast tomorrow, I play a clip from uh, Razul Douglas, and he talks about, you know, this week we were good in the in the second half, but bad in the first half. So it kind of depends on your perspective. Uh, we could look at it and say they had fight, and that's a good thing, and we can carry that moving forward. Or the negative side of that is we cannot put four quarters together, which is what Razul seemed to be saying. So let me ask you this question. If the first half and the second half swap sides, would you still feel good about it? We're talking exact same game, exact same plays, exact same score. The difference is the first half is when our offense looks halfway decent and our defense holds them to just seven points. The second half, they immediately come out, score 21 straight points, and our offense can't do jack squat. Would you have the same thoughts? I'm guessing not. We would all say they lost it. They lost everything. Everything kind of sucks. So it kind of just depends on your perspective on that. Either we're a 
good team that just can't seem to put it together, which is what we've known all year, or something kind of clicked after the half and they didn't give up, and that's something that we can carry moving forward. Uh, we still need to work on the four-quarter thing, but it, but it's a separate category, and this is still a positive. I don't really know. Um, but I do know it doesn't matter if we don't figure out the four-quarter thing. It doesn't matter if we have heart, uh, if if suddenly we don't know how to play in the first half, right? But the second half is great. It's the same result. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with the Packers right now is it's always something, right? You mentioned, well, we still can't block. Well, last week we could block, but then we had other issues. You know, we we finally get an offense that looks de- decent and the, the defense collapses. And then the defense finally figures it out and the offense can't capitalize on turnovers. They can't do jack squat. And then we get one week where things are kind of working and the special teams collapses. There's just, there's always something. And so, yeah, yeah, there are encouraging things, but there are encouraging things every week. I think the bigger issue I have is every week it's a new encouraging thing with new issues. It's not like here are the seven issues, and then the next week there are six, and then the next week there are five, and then the next week there are four, and we're climbing towards something. No, it's, it's, it's random. You never know what's going to show up. You have a great offensive line performance, but the running backs can't run, and Rodgers plays great, but the receivers play like crap. And then it's, wow, these receivers suck. And the running backs suddenly forgot how to play, and that that's the problem. And then the next week, the receivers are getting open, and the run game works, but we get away from it. Rodgers plays like crap, and the offensive line can't block. And that's just the offense. Then, you know, the defense is, one week the pass rush is great, but we got, the coverage is terrible. The next week the coverage is great, but there's no pass rush. One week the defensive line is doing a good job up front. The next week you got Dean Lowry just on skates the entire game. I mean, I, all last week I'm talking about, man, this guy looks pretty good. He's doing a good job. And every time I watch the guy, he's just getting blown off the spot over and over and over again. You know, the linebackers finally start to figure it out last week. They both graded out really well. This week, Quay Walker gets himself kicked out of the game. Devondre hurt his knee and was graded out as one of the worst players on the entire defense prior to that. We're not, the point is when we do good things, we can't keep it. So I have no reason to believe that because we showed heart in the second half that we'll do it next week. It's very similar to what Rodgers talks about where, you know, it's one thing to make a mistake as long as you don't do it a second time. We're not taking the victories and then carrying that over into next week and maintaining those victories and adding new ones. We're just replacing the victories. We're cashing in old victories for new ones. I think this week we're going to suck at running, be good at passing, and then we're going to suck at pass rush and be good at coverage. But only for like a half, because, you know, it's a little too... I can't afford four quarters of that. No, 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 four quarters of the bad stuff. Uh, just two quarters of the of the good stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, sir. Nah, keep the change. I don't need it. That analogy thing, that little play thing that I did, it made no sense, but you know very well that it made every bit of sense. So that's my issue. Uh, when they start showing that they can actually maintain these things, I'll start to feel good about it. Otherwise, it's I know something is going to go really well in this game, and I know some things are going to go really terrible, and I know we're going to lose the game. Those are the three things I know about the game. Well, the Buffalo game is over. You've lost four in a row. Steve from Alaska, in case you haven't noticed or didn't tell anybody. Um, so as, as I've been going on about the quarterback thing, here's my question to you as the man who has all the the cool websites and gizmo gadgets and whatnot to look at this type of thing. Yeah. What does next year's draft look like <laughs> in terms of quarterbacks and positions where they may fall? And what type of player might we be getting? I figure it's about time we start looking at that because, I mean, that's kind of where the season's going. We might as well pay attention to it, get a good jump on it now. So there's my question. See what you got for an answer. Take it easy. Go Pat. So it's funny you say that because after last week, I did take, I won't say a day, that's an exaggeration, but I did take some time to really dig into that. And what I tried to do is to start off with no preconceived notions rather than what I usually do, which is get a list of all the best quarterbacks and then look at them in order. Here's the best, here's the second, here's the third. And usually that's the wrong way to do it anyways because you set the top guy as the standard and then you watch everyone else and just assume they suck. What you want to do is start with the guys that suck and work your way backwards. And then you really start to appreciate the positive things that they do rather than setting that standard. Anyways, what I did this time is I said, what are some of the baseline things that we want that I want in a quarterback? 
and then trying to build a list. Let me see if I still have the list because I put it on Google Sheets. It should still be here. While I'm waiting to pull that up, let me just cut to the end where I say I don't like any of them, like zero of the quarterbacks. Here we go. All right, so I've got a list of 49 quarterbacks that I pulled off of NFL mock draft thing, magic or whatever. Um, the first thing I want to do, wanted to do, is I took all of them and I looked up all of their PFF grades while under pressure. Because it's one thing if you have a good offensive line and you have all this stuff, but you have to be able to play under pressure. It's just the nature of the thing, and it also kind of sets a baseline. You know, again, you might have a great grade and great stats and all that stuff, but you have a dominant offensive line and never really face adversity. I thought I set the bar pretty low, but apparently it wasn't low enough. I said, as long as you're in the 50s, you're good. Well, that cut us down to about half. And also... um, got rid of some of the quarterbacks that I kind of wished were still there that we could look at a little bit further, but I stuck with it. I said, okay, these are the guys, right? So we've got uh, from 6 to 29, however many quarterbacks that is. So I took that, and I moved them over to a new list. And then I wanted to see accuracy. So I went over to SIS, and I said, you need to be able to throw the ball accurately. I'm talking, you know, give me a guy that can just throw those pinpoint passes down the field. So I forget exactly what yard marker I did, 15 yards or something. Just, you know, it doesn't need to be a 40-yard bomb, but, you know, excluding all the dink and dunk stuff. And I'm not just talking catchable. I'm talking about this guy's got just, you know, kind of like what we had in Rodgers back in the day where it felt like passes were just so beautiful. Who are those guys? Well, unfortunately, there wasn't a huge list of, you know, passes to pick from, but I did my best. I kind of sorted through. And then I wanted to look at height and weight and everything else. And basically, I'm just removing uh, Talia Tungavailoa at 5'11", 200 pounds. And I pretty much had a list that nobody wanted left over. I mean, these are guys that are not really going to be anywhere. I think the highest-ranked quarterback is Grayson McCall at 181st. And then I went and watched Grayson McCall, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the offense that they ran. I didn't like the uh, the footwork and everything. That's basically just stand there and throw the—you know, it just— it was Cameron Rising, Michael Penix, Grayson McCall, KJ Jefferson, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, and Clayton Toon. And then on top of that, I was like, I want to, I want a guy that can kind of take off and run too. So, got to be the right build. Got to have some mobility. Got to have some accuracy down the field, and have to be able to play under pressure. That was my. That's all I asked for. And again, I'm not talking about elite. Just don't suck in these categories. There's nobody left aside from these smaller school, not top prospects so then I just scrapped the whole list and I said all right let me just go watch a guy that that I think is going to be a a good quarterback that I think is a good fit you know the the top guy that's getting a ton of hype and a ton of love top or top two guy or whatever he's getting a ton of hype ton of love and has some mobility which is something that I think we should look into going forward similar to what Justin Fields has and how that again I'm not praising Justin Fields if you don't believe me go look at Twitter I just completely dunked on the guy just because I was getting annoyed with Bears fans and feeling sick about constantly praising him. But the point is, you can understand in the scheme why Shanahan and, well, it's a different scheme at, at the time, but you understand why the speed is a, a major component because it's just another thing that you have to account for. I mean, just, just think how horrible it is when we have to spy somebody. You're just losing a player. The idea is you're, you're forfeiting one of your defensive players so that you can take away that one dynamic that we added that a lot of other teams don't have, which is a quarterback that can take off and run. And that's just assuming that guy's even going to do his job anyways. But I wanted to see Bryce Young. 91.5 passing grade, right? 196 yards on the ground. Just, you know, you can get it done. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't really see anything interesting or special whatsoever. I'm interested in looking into C.J. Stroud. I don't think you get any of the mobility but you get the 6'3", 215-pound pocket guy. But it just I, I don't, even from Ohio State fans, necessarily get a massive amount of hype. Plus, it's an Ohio State quarterback, man. I just, I don't know. I know you're not supposed to helmet scout, but I just, I don't know if I can do it. Not to mention, he's, he's not even grading out as well as he was last year. A lot of inconsistencies with his performance. Four games in a row with, with interceptions. Not to mention, he was eliminated in round one of my little experiment here in terms of his performance under pressure, getting a 42 overall grade. 
It's the 11th lowest of any quarterback. So then you look at it and say, okay, the guy's not good under pressure, but he's behind that Ohio State offensive line, and he has elite wide receiver weapons. Why would I trust anything that he does on the field? I mean, yeah, you can go back and watch him and try to decipher what he's doing, and depending on how good you are at breaking down quarterback film, but I just, I don't feel good about that. Take away his offensive line, take away his wide receiver weapons, take away his run game and the defense. What happens when he's playing from behind and he has to make a play and it's fourth and five and he doesn't have an offensive line and he doesn't have elite wide receiver weapons that are going to just automatically win with the guys across from him? What's he going to do in that situation? I mean, are we going to use a, uh, are we going to trade way up in the first round to get a guy that has the 60th ranked catchable pass percentage? I mean, I know there's a billion college quarterbacks, but that doesn't seem like a real good number. So I don't know. I'm I'm willing to uh, expand that. Again, I've only watched one top quarterback, and I wasn't super impressed with him. I'm sure there are other options that'll fit the profile, but I, I just I really thought I was going to have a huge list. Like, I, I just want to rule out guys that are terrible under pressure and guys that don't really necessarily have great accuracy. And I was left with like, well, here's five quarterbacks that are really late round picks that are going to suck in the NFL. Like, what? (laughs) Okay, that's not how I thought this exercise was going to go. But thanks. So I'll keep you posted. Um, And I'm, I'm open to suggestion to the college football folks, whoever your favorites are. But that's, you know, that those are kind of my things. Ability to play under pressure, accuracy, and mobility. Mobility is, is a bonus. doesn't have to be if you really like a guy that doesn't have that fine, but that's it. Obviously, decision-making is huge, but there's no real stats for that. But if, if, if that's what they got, then, then, you know, cool. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, we didn't get through nearly enough calls, but uh, one, two, three, four. We got 10 in the queue. Please keep them coming, 608-501-0718. Give me a call. Let me know what you're thinking, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.